What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take time to chill. Presented by White Claw on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. This is the 2020 NFL Draft Show here on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. So glad that you're with us here as we are brought to you by White Claw. The Bears have made their selections. The draft is still going on, by the way. Uh, and the Bears made their two selections in the second round. Cole Komet, the tight end for Notre Dame, as well as Jalen Johnson, the corner for Utah. If you have not called the show, if you have not talked to someone about what the Bears have done, jump in. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. I will uh, look at the draft this way from the Bears' standpoint. When you are the Bears and you... Struggled last year offensively. One of the worst teams in the NFL offensively with Mitch Trubisky. And not having a tight end and not having enough weapons offensively. You have to be able to do something here in the draft. And for Ryan Pace, the general manager, it wasn't just the draft. He had to do something in free agency as well. So his idea of trying to get the offense better was to try to find another quarterback. And he did that by getting Nick Foles from Jacksonville. Funny thing about that is, though, is that on December 31st, if you remember last year in that uh, press conference that Matt Nagy had with Ryan Pace and the press, Ryan Pace made it very clear that, hey, don't worry about it. You know, Mitch is going to be our starter in 2020. He's our guy. And all of a sudden, through the side door, here comes Nick Foles. Nick Foles comes in, and he's there because you could just tell that Ryan Pace is at the beginning of the end of his tenure here with the Bears, if things don't turn around. And the reason why I can say that is because you could take a look at what has happened here with this Bears team where they can't get out of their own way offensively. I mean, John Fox was let go for a reason. John Fox had to be fired because as a kind of a defensive coordinator, defensive-minded guy with Trubisky as his, as a young quarterback, it, there was some John Fox fatigue, and so that's why Matt Nagy was put into place. And so you saw Trubisky with that 12-4 and record, and there was a lot of sleight of hand, a lot of hidden things there from Matt Nagy to make sure that the offense looked good by bringing in defensive players to score points or, or kind of these refrigerator Perry plays, all these different things, these kind of sleight of hand, kind of shell game things that the Bears had to do offensively to win. And then 8-8 eight and eight last year, remember that first game against Green Bay, how bad the offense looked for the Bears, how embarrassing that was? Well, those are close to the Bears tell me that after that Green Bay game, that sent up a big red flare at House Hall saying, wait a minute, this guy is not ready. And so this is why Nick Foles is here. And so it's more than just a quarterback, though. It's about offense. I know that the quarterback gets a lot, a lot of um, uh, claim and maybe too much credit and maybe too much blame at the same time. But I think that when you look at this Bears team, you have to be able to look at the team and say, well, if the Bears are going to be a contender, not in the NFC North, but if you're a contender in the NFC, that you have to get better offensively. And so this is why Nick Foles is here. And you look at those weapons, and there's nothing against Allen Robinson. He's a fine possession receiver for this team, a, a, a top receiver for many teams in the NFL. 
But after that, you're looking to find who that second guy is and who that tight end is and who's going to run the football for this team. It's so many question marks. When you have a team with question marks on the offensive side of the football, you're a team that more than likely won't make the playoffs or won't make any noise in the playoffs. And so just like it was clear to anybody, the Bears did not have a tight end that they can rely on to help Trubisky out. And so from the wide receiver spot, Allen Robinson double teamed or not fighting enough to get open or well covered. I mean, it's just one of those things where Robinson cannot have the year. I think that he, even he wanted uh, on this football team. The offensive line is not in disarray, but it definitely could use some improvements. And so when you mix all that together is all I mentioned, right? Quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, offensive line. When you have question marks at each position, that's why the Bears are the third best team in the NFC North. It shouldn't be, right? It, you should be able to continue to get better incrementally year in and year out. But it doesn't work that way all the time in the NFL. It's kind of like in the NBA in this regard. When you see a team that's always in the lottery, that means they did not do their due diligence in free agency. That means that they, if they're always in the lottery and always trying to figure out if they can get a lucky ping pong ball, that means it's a bad organization, an underachieving organization. When you have the Bears going in the wrong direction from 12 wins to 8 wins to whatever they're going to be this upcoming season, and you're trying to piecemeal it through free agency, and then you have the draft where you don't even have a first-round draft pick, right? You don't have uh, the uh, a third-round pick. Actually, coming to this draft, San Francisco and the Bears are the only two teams that didn't have a third-round draft pick coming into this draft. And so you have two twos, and you have one in the fifth, and you got two in the sixth, and two in the seventh. Who knows what uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace have in store for the future. But my point is, is that whatever happens in this draft, Cole Komet and who we just got off the phone with, Jalen Johnson, are huge for this football team and have to be. Could you imagine starting the season, whenever the season starts, and Jalen Johnson is not pressed in the service as someone on the corner position or, or, or having Cole Komet be behind as a second stringer at tight end, behind Jimmy Graham? That can't work. Today, no matter what happens tomorrow with these picks, today was the day for Ryan Pace. You can tell that Virginia McCaskey is getting a little bit itchy, just like she was with Phil Emery and Mark Trussman. See how short their tenure was? Because it doesn't matter how, how you win the press conference. Are you winning the games? That's what it comes down to. I like that the Bears were able to get Cole Komet as a tight end. It was the best tight end on the board. And I'm sure that in two or three years, you can point at Grant Delpit and look at Antoine Winfield Jr. and look at some of these other players and say, well, how come they didn't get those guys? Why do they got Cole Komet at tight end? I don't, unless there's gonna, he's going to be marred with injuries or just absolutely just be the opposite of what I saw in college, Cole Komet will be a fine tight end for the Bears. But Cole Komet has to be pressed into service quickly. Like day one, he's got to be the starting tight end or get the lion's share of the time next to Jimmy Graham. He's going to have to. Because if they're not being able to pay dividends right away, if they're not being able to to do something for the Bears right away, then what does that say for Ryan Pace? See, what's going to happen tomorrow is with their one pick in the fifth round and two in the sixth and two in the seventh, now you're just kind of just panning for gold, right? You're putting the your line, your lure into the water, hoping to be able to strike on something. You're trying to get that fish that is kind of out of nowhere. 
But when you only have two picks in the second round and none in the first, then you've got to be able to strike and be able to find someone for sure. Glad that you're with us here in our 2020 NFL Draft Show, Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. Your thoughts on the draft. Uh, you know what the Bears have gotten. They've got a tight end and a corner. Did they address the needs that they should have in the second round? If you're listening to the show, you should call in. 312-332-ESPN-332-3776 is our phone number. So let's hear from Matt Bowen. Matt Bowen, who is a guest on this program. I, I want to just take a moment just to thank uh, my staff of Sean and uh, and Eric and Tyler for putting together what I consider one hell of a draft preview over the last month plus on this show because we've had guests for well over a month leading into a night like tonight and we talked to so many different people different backgrounds NFL and college getting ready for a night like last night and tonight to talk about this and one of the guests that we had on was Matt Bowen Matt Bowen uh, is a tremendous football mind works for ESPN ESPN.com I, I talked to him uh, previous to the draft just a few days ago and I asked him because you knew the Bears need to be able to dress their DBs right who are some of the DBs that the Bears should look at I look at the top of the second round then for Chicago obviously Jeff Okuda from Ohio State is your number one corner man coverage traits I think CJ Henderson from Florida is off the board by then Trayvon Diggs from Alabama is probably off the board by then and then you're looking at the next tier of defensive backs. I'll throw a couple of names at you. Jalen Johnson from Utah. I really like Jalen Johnson. He's six foot one, two hundred plus pounds. He's got press coverage skills. He's very aggressive corner and off man coverage as well. He would fit well in the Bears defensive scheme, which is a lot of split safeties. Yes, they'll play single high, but really they're at their core split safety defense. I think he'd be good outside. Another one is Jeff Gladney from TCU. I don't know where Gladney's gonna fall, but I'll tell you right now, if I'm a defensive back coach, I want to coach this guy. I want to coach him. His competitive play style just jumps off the film, Jonathan. He is so competitive in press coverage and off-man coverage. He's aggressive. He goes after the football. Yes, that can get a young corner in trouble at times, but you have to know that as a coach, that I have this aggressive man corner. Sometimes he's going to take the bait. That's fine because the trade-off is I get the high-level competitive style with someone who can make plays in the football that is a willing tackler and can fit in my scheme and, again, fits modern NFL. You can be quarters base, like I talked about with the Bears, but eventually when it comes in third and two to six, you want to make a play, you got to get man coverage. Give me guys that can play man coverage. That's what I want right now. Thoughts there from Matt Bowen, who just nailed it when he talks about DBs, right? Pretty pretty strong um, thoughts there. And then we heard from uh, Jalen Johnson earlier from Utah, um, now part of this Bears team. It's great. So you, they were able to address their needs. And so, and again, there are those that have not watched one college football game, but yet read something someplace on some blog and and say that's the guy that the Bears should get, and then they don't get him, and now the Bears suck. Um, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. Um, here's what we need to find out, how these guys are going to be able to work f- with this Bears team. It's one thing to say, hey, why did this team take a kicker or why did this team you know, take a, another quarterback or something like that, something they didn't need in the, in the top of the second, um, second round, the, 15th, the 50th overall or the 43rd overall. But the Bears are able to address their needs, and that's what you need to do. This, that, look, I understand that there's frustration with the Bears, but when I see social media, and that's not really a gauge, but I just see people talking about, Commit. Why did you, you know, why do you get somebody from Notre Dame? Because that's there's Notre Dame hate there too. Don't forget that. 
Um, so that has nothing to do with it. I'm looking at the asset. I'm looking at the player. The assets is good enough to be able to play for the Bears on a position that is in need. So you take Cole Komet. Same thing with Jalen Johnson at corner. You take a, a corner because you need it. So tell me, Sean, is Sean in there? I'm here, Hood. Let, let me let me ask you, Scooby, because tell me if I'm looking at this wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Because you take you have a tight end in place, right? Right. In, in Cole Komet. And look, again, Jimmy Graham is a, a a choice I wouldn't have made. So so because you didn't you made that choice, now you've got to fix that by having Cole Komet, who's going to be on the team much much longer than Jimmy Graham. Right. And then Jalen Johnson in the corner. Tell me if is there another choice that you would have made? At 43 and 50. There's some names I like, uh, maybe better than Jalen Johnson, but I think as far as need, the Bears were able to get that. Absolutely. The only thing I would think about is maybe if you fell in love with one of the wide receivers that you felt like could stretch the field. They thought Anthony Miller would be able to do that, but he's been inconsistent and he's been injured. You know, he comes in as a rookie, scores touchdowns last year, inconsistent, and he's been off injured, like we said, like I just previously, previously said. So, I'm very happy with Cole Komet. I always thought he was the best tight end by far in this draft. He came from a proven program. And the thing about it, Notre Dame turns out one thing, tight ends. Well, two (laughs) things, actually. Lately, tight ends and offensive linemen. So we might not have a lot of skilled position players that come to the NFL and take off, but tight ends seem to do the trick for Notre Dame. They turn out pretty good tight ends, especially uh, transferring over from Notre Dame's run-heavy offense into the pro-style offense uh, in the NFL. And I definitely like Johnson with the second pick. As you said before, we had talked about it before tonight's show. Bowen nailed it with the two guys he talked about, with Gladney and also Johnson. Gladney ends up going early on to the Vikings. So we'll see both of these guys in the NFC North, and uh, we'll see how they do in man-to-man against uh, the NFC North wide receivers. So, Tyler, I could. what if I made the argument? I could just say, okay, the Bears do need a corner, but I can see them getting a, a, a wide receiver. So, say for instance, I'm just based on on the board in front of me, right? So, uh, the Bears at 50 take Van Johnson, wide receiver, Florida, or they take Mims. You know, I wasn't a big fan of, but Mims from Baylor, the wide receiver. Okay, so how how do we look at the Bears then? Because I don't know for sure that um, that Mims or Jefferson can plug in right away, like day one, and be on the other side of Allen Robinson. I have no idea. But yeah. I think that Johnson could do that for at the corner spot, though. Yeah, because on top of that, look who's across Allen Robinson. All right, You mentioned Anthony Miller. And now you're plugging in Cole Komet, too, depending on how good you feel about that pick. And then at the cornerback position, who's across from Kyle Fuller that you 100% trust? You don't know yet. So I think cornerback was the bigger need for this Bears team, no doubt. I just, you know, it just to me, you it's just about the need. And again, like, look, who doesn't? I love Grant Delpit. <laughs> okay, I, I love him there. But the Bears want to be able to take care of the, their secondary at corner. And Delpit was gone after Cole Komet. Hopefully, the Bears won't regret that. But I, I don't think they will. They got a tight end because they didn't have any. It's just, just to be honest, you got, you know, JD named off a couple of guys that are probably like wide tight ends, but you didn't, you know, you didn't have a guy that, that could be able to be a pass catching, difference making tight end as he was in college in Cole Komet. All right, 312 332 ESPN, 332 is our phone number. This is the 2020 NFL Draft Show brought to you by White Claw.
2020 NFL Draft Show presented by White Claw on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. I'll be on tomorrow night um, after the draft is over. I'll be teamed with uh, John Anderson and uh, another co-host. can't remember, but I know I'll be with John Anderson <laughs> tomorrow night. Uh, we will get a chance to review uh, the NFL draft tomorrow night. So after Chris and Adam, they'll be on between 2.30 and 6. I will be on afterwards with John Anderson uh, breaking down all the draft um, Saturday night from 6 to 10 right here on ESPN 1000. So as we talk about so often here, it's always about not just what the Bears are doing, but you have to take a look at the conference, especially the uh, NFC North. And so let's take a look at what the uh, Green Bay Packers have done, right? Goon comes to the general manager for the for the Green Bay Packers. Man, so the, the biggest shock of the draft, maybe even tonight, uh, and definitely yesterday when I was working with Freddie Coleman doing uh, night one coverage, is that Jordan Love... The quarterback from Utah State is going to be a Green Bay Packer. He's drafted. And I don't even know if Guten Kunst and the Packers have gotten a chance to be able to reach out to uh, Aaron Rodgers just as of yet. <laughs> but And I just I think they're trying to reach out and get a, a, a conversation with them. But, you know, some Bears fans I saw on, on Twitter like, oh, oh, they've got their next quarterback in place and we've got Trubisky and we've got – listen, like I'm not a Jordan Love fan. Uh, but you could just tell that the Packers are tired of uh, of Aaron Rodgers and his comments. He was on a Pat McAfee show just recently saying we haven't uh, drafted a skill position player in 15 years. And so what the Packers did is they put a middle finger up to Aaron Rodgers like, okay, here's a skill position player. How about your replacement at some point, Jordan Love? Um, and I can just see the indifference and the dismay probably from Aaron Rodgers because of that. He's 36, right? And so he's not going to be around forever. Some thoughts from Gutenkunst, the general manager of the Packers, on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you know what? I haven't I haven't connected uh, with Aaron yet. Um, but, you know, he's obviously been through this. And, um, you know, he's a pro. And I think it's, um, you know, certainly this is something that is a, a long-term uh, decision. Uh, I think when you go through um, kind of the way things went tonight, you kind of you ran short term and long term, and uh, the way the board fell, just um, this was the best decision for the practice. But, uh, I think, you know, obviously Aaron's been around for a long time, and uh, he knows what we're playing for right now. Okay, I mean, it, they didn't have to go quarterback there, but I think that was a shot across the bow to Aaron Rodgers. Like, oh, you don't like what we're doing? How about your replacement? How about how about Jordan Love as a quarterback? So, in, interesting time in Green Bay. Because uh, I know some Packers fans probably are saying, oh, my God, the replacements here is, are they going to trade Aaron Rodgers to New England or whatever? How about the Vikings uh, with uh, Zimmer? The head coach, Zimmer, talked about uh, Jefferson, the wide receiver for LSU. He's a terrific player. Uh, Zimmer on his newest wide receiver. Yeah, uh, Justin's a good player. Um, you know, he's a guy that we, we really, really liked. I know uh, the offensive staff really liked him. Um, Tough, competitive guy, goes up and gets football, hard worker, um, a lot of contested catches he makes, um, really good player, good kid, and uh, I think he'll play in a very similar offense in college, so I think he'll, he'll um, fit in well. 
So uh, thoughts there from Mike Zimmer, the head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Take a look at the NFC North right here on ESPN 1000. Uh, Justin Jefferson is a terrific player. He might be the best wide receiver uh, in the first round. He might be the best receiver in the draft. He was, I mean, you talk about Joe Burrow connecting to his weapons. Jefferson was a, a smooth, solid receiver for LSU and, uh, that should be really interesting to see how that all works out. And then from Detroit, Okuda. Uh, and I think Detroit's had a really nice draft. Uh, Swift at the running back position, and then Okuda uh, in the secondary. Uh, some thoughts from Bob Quinn, the GM, about the pick of Okuda in the first round yesterday. You know, we're not the only team kind of thinking that way and, and trying to look at, okay, well, listen, the offseason program is going to be limited. You know, we'll see, we'll see what training camp looks like when we get there. So what guys are really ready to step in and you got to look at a guy that, you know, you, you know, we use the word potential. We use the word upside in our business a lot. Right. And that's why we pay our coaches to teach these guys and develop them and get that upside out of them. Well, it's kind of hard when you have the coaches trying to teach these guys remotely, you know, how to do technique and things like that. So in Jeff's case, you know, you see him play a lot of press coverage. Um, you see him at the line of scrimmage, you see him use his hands. Um, so a lot of stuff that we do defensively, you can just pop on Ohio state and just watch it. And it's, it's very similar. It's not exactly the same, but, um, you know, he was very well coached there. Uh, Jeff Hathley, who's, um, the head coach at Boston college now was their defensive coordinator last year. He came in from San Francisco 49ers. So he's got an NFL pedigree. Um, myself and, and coach know, know Jeff very well. Um, he's a guy we leaned on in this process because, uh, you know, Sam, I mean, excuse me, Ohio State had so many defensive prospects. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a guy that we talked to in depth about all of them. Um, and so I uh, feel that, you know, the skill set matches into being able to come in and, and hopefully, I mean, you know, and we expect him to come in and play right away and help us win. Bob Quinn, the general manager for the Detroit Lions. Remember, the Bears have one pick in the fifth round, two in the sixth round, two in the seventh. We'll see what happens uh, with the rest of these Bears picks tomorrow. I'll review everything in the NFL draft tomorrow night at 6 p.m. right here on ESPN 1000. Our thank you for listening to our coverage. Our thanks to J.D., Tom Waddle, Ryan Harris, Josh Newman, and Jalen Johnson for being with us. Uh, our thanks to um, Tyler and Sean on the other side of the glass. A fantastic job keeping all this together for our draft show. Uh, and so don't forget our coverage continues tomorrow. Uh, it'll be Chris and Adam. They'll be on from 2.30 until 6, and then I'll pick up the coverage after they're done at 6 o'clock tomorrow night right here on ESPN 1000. So for Sean and Tyler, this is Jonathan Hood. The proceedings has been a presentation of the 2020 NFL Draft Show right here on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000, brought to you by White Claw. White Claw.